Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. All right, Mason, it's been a long time since you and I have recorded together in person. I was going to say, sat directly across from each other? Yes. Yeah, it has yeah. been over a year at this point. Yeah, it has been, and uh, so I'm very glad that we're getting to do this. So, As am I. Why don't you tell the listeners why you're out here in Dallas visiting me? in Dallas visiting Jacob, because we have just had the triumphant first Childerberg, which was... Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than a blast. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Uh, I guess really we're probably going to just talk a little bit about Schilderberg today. And as we've been kind of promoting, uh, reserve, or review a near $200 bottle of wine. Now, granted, I didn't pay anywhere near $200 for it, but it is it is a very expensive bottle of wine. This is a 2014 vintage of Rubisau. Is that how you say it? How would you say it? Rubisau. Rubisau. It's R U B I S S O W. So, yes, the Reserve 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon from Mount Verde in Napa Valley. Mm -hmm. The 2015 is retails for about $140 online. Mm -hmm. This one, although I can't find any of it available online, uh, the last price it was going for was like uh, $180. I keep saying these numbers wrong. $179. Mm -hmm. And. This though I got on last bottle of wines for seventy. Not bad. This is not bad. Yeah, we had a bit of an ordeal opening it. Yes, which was odd that I've never seen that happen with a full cork. Oh, see that I, that's happened to me a couple of times, which may mean it's operator error. Because yeah. Because the so what happened was I put the corkscrew in to open it, and it pushed the corkscrew into the wine. But because it was relatively full, well, not the corkscrew, the cork itself. The cork itself, yeah. But because it was relatively full, I couldn't get the. Um, it would just it wouldn't push in any further mm-hmm. without spilling the wine. And then I tried to use the the pressure corkscrew yeah. instead, but it wasn't getting enough pressure behind the cork to push it back out. So then when I dug it out with the knife, it sprayed wine all over my face. <laughs> Jacob looked like uh, the guy from um, American Psycho. American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> it was like splashed across his face, all over his shirt, up on his arms. And it was like, I really wish I had taken a picture because it was like a really cool look. Yeah. <laughs> even though you're covered in like $200, yeah, $200, $200 spray. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so um, I, while I tell the listeners a little bit more about this, some of it I've already covered, but um, I'll... Go back through it. As we said, it's uh, I'm going to say Rubiso, but I think it's a uh, it could be Rubisau wines, mm-hmm. Mount Verde, Napa Valley, California, Cabernet Sauvignon. They suggest that it goes very well with venison or beef. Uh, it is red between 14 15 percent alcohol um, on the bottle. I think it said 14. It's a very 14.9. Yeah, very minimalist bottle, like the Pina. Yeah, um, lovely, lovely. Yeah little dude playing clarinets or something like that well it looks like a kind of a greek inspired yeah. like old school like there's it's like a flowing dress almost and he's got like two horns in his mouth yeah uh or two trumpets maybe yeah that uh, would be a better description all of the stuff is directly printed on the glass yeah so it's not like a peel off label that i can tell um so it's, it's raised, very, so... very yeah it's a very it's a raised label the front has the person and the year on it, and then the back has kind of the information about it. Yeah. So very reminiscent of the peanut bottle. It looks like the bottle darkens actually as it goes lower, so it's kind of hard yeah. to tell if the bottle's empty or if that's just the light in the apartment. Right. Um, the wine itself, ultra dark. Yeah. 
like really black almost, but like with a red hue around the edge. Yeah, and so I'll go ahead and read the back of the bottle too. It says, the best of our vineyard, unfined, unfiltered, 250 cases produced. It's 12 bottles times 250, which I don't want to do that math because... Well, it's uh, so that's like a hundred, like a one thousand seventy-five, maybe. Yeah, something like that. yeah. So, yeah, because two hundred and fifty times ten is two thousand five hundred. Yeah. So three thousand. Okay. So because two fifty twice, yeah. so it's an extra five hundred. So the two, so that's three thousand bottles. Um, so three thousand and nearly two hundred dollars a bottle. They sell it, sellers for a hundred. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, so um, I've had a couple sips of it. It doesn't, maybe it's because it's just 10, you know, 10, 11 in the morning. Um, maybe my palate hasn't come up. It doesn't really, like, Pina, like, I could tell right away it was something special. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of our classic, like, that's the one. What, yeah. what is, like, was it Pina, like, actually special and that much? Did the value, like, subjectively throw us off? Yeah. Is it really actually not a great bottle of wine, but because it was so different than everything we've been having? Because this is much more like classic Cab Sob. Yeah but more mellow, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. We've also, like, really, as the listeners heard, with the cork fiasco, we have it in a decanter, which we don't normally go that far. Yeah. Um, then we had it open from there, you know, kind of as Jacob was working on it. So, I mean, it hasn't been open for a huge amount of time, but usually when you open, like, you're not exposing it to um, less. Like, you're, right. you usually it, it doesn't lessen the flavors. It enhances some, but it, yeah. like, kind of mellows things out. So. Right. so, yeah, it is a little punchy. It's a little hot. Um, aroma wise, very, very fruity aroma, which is a little bit unusual to, to me for Cab Sob. They are fruity, but it's a lot of times it's other flavors, leather, vanilla, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This one to me, it's got very a fruity, fruity front note, um, like very jammy almost. Yeah. You know? If you, if you haven't sipped on it before and you don't slosh just too much, there's a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. effervescing off of it. So like, at least in the glasses that we're drinking it out of, um, that first like sniff I just took, got like a lot of alcohol on it mm-hmm. um but not in a bad way it wasn't like you know just like i shot rubbing alcohol in my nose or something yeah i mean i think it's good it's it's a yeah. little hot it's i would say though even though this is almost a hundred dollars more quote unquote even though we didn't pay that much we paid actually less than the pina mm-hmm. um i would still say pina is our creme de la creme yeah of, of cap of sobs. sobs yeah, yeah. this one kind of makes me think more because now i'm starting to get the heat um and a little more of the uh, like kind of not as like tannins in it because it's like mm-hmm. starting to dry my mouth out but like also it's kind of weird because like on the back periphery of my tongue it's starting to um starting mm-hmm. to salivate a little bit which is what i usually associate with acidity um so it's like acidity tannin combination there for me um yeah it's one of those ones that like if i paid um the 200 dollars for it i probably would be disappointed mm-hmm. um but i don't think i think somebody who's a little more experienced in cab sob than i am mm-hmm. uh probably would get a lot more out of this because what i like about pina is the difference of it like you know having blueberry notes which you don't really seem to get in a lot of cab sobs it was like a different cab sob so i'd be really interested to see like on their website like if the winery produces anything but cab sob because like the pina the people who made pina like that's all they do is cab sob um and then they have like you know from different vineyard sites and then they do some blending of those but some of them are pure from that one site so yeah it's really interesting the combinations they do um and then i would really be interested if this is 100 percent 100 percent cab sob yeah or if it's you know 95 percent cab sob and something else right um so it doesn't say 100 percent on there which doesn't necessarily mean it's not yeah but with a cab sob you know as we kind of have learned 
you know, they don't. Yeah, I think 80, 85, it can be. Up yeah, 85 to, is the yeah. is the minimum right. that you have to do to be able to do the label as one wine yeah. type. Um, now, that's not to say that it isn't 100%, like we said, it's not to say that it isn't 100% Capsob. It certainly might be. Um, or even if it's not, it might be such a low percentage that it, it might be just for filling. But if, if you're only doing 250 cases, like, yeah, I understand the label, but like at that point, you kind of know the volume. So unless you like get something skunked, you know, for as we were always discussing, like how creating the label and how much like work it goes into getting the bottle approved and all that stuff. Um, so if it was 140 cases because you didn't have enough to fill, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you can kind of be like, well, we we didn't go crazy with it where like you, you're stuck going like well, we have to produce this much volume. Yeah. So they made might have been really easy for them to just cut it at a certain point. So I'm also now now that I've had a couple more sips of this, it's 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 pretty acidic up front when you taste it. You get that mouth feel. It is tannic, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you noticed when you sip it, the tannins are there. Your mouth is sticky, and then it goes away very quickly. Well, that's what I was saying. Because remember, yeah. I was saying like my mouth, like I was salivating on the back edge yeah. of my tongue pretty quickly after those sips. So yeah. like this is one of those ones I don't um, kind of call it a hot take. Like I don't yeah. think our review. If we had more time to do like a more conventional show, mm-hmm. I think we'd probably end up really, yeah. really digging it. Um, I, th- I, I, I think so too. Like now, also now, like I'm kind of getting, you're in the mode. I'm, like I'm we, in it a little bit more now. Like there's black licorice, there's toasty oak, mm-hmm. um, definitely a lot of berry though. It, yeah, it's very, very, very jammy, fruity. Um, yeah, and but not sweet at all. It's very dry. Yeah, Li- a much lighter mouth feel than a lot of cab sobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not as smooth and delicate as the peanut. Like the peanut was very um, not viscous, but it was light, light bodied for a cab. Yeah, it's more like a more like a noir. Yeah, it's yeah. It was, like it a, was really this is still actually pretty like for cab, still very light bodied. Like I mean, it's, well, it's especially not, if, we're, if we're comparing it to yeah. our, our favorite freak comparison, show. freak show. Yeah. yeah, it's like definitely not off. So like you know, with uh, like if you have peanut, which is just basically in, almost in the noir like mm-hmm. mouthfeel. This is like five inches over, like it, you know, like on a. Yeah. It's not like you're not walking out of the door to be like, oh, in the cab sob mouthfeel. You're yeah. like you're really still kind of in that transition between noir and like cab sob mouthfeel. Like yeah. it's much closer to the the uh, noir side. Yeah, there's so. a, there's also a little like cocoa powder taste to it. it. It's interesting, and and I'm I'm wondering if my palate has changed quite a bit since we did mm-hmm. the peanut and the peanut was a year and three months ago that maybe yeah, we did. I mean, it was around your birthday. Yeah. So, so, it was, so it's been a while. Uh, and my palate has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I drink a lot more peanut noirs. I drink oh, yeah. a lot more red blends. I drink a lot more right bank style red blends than I used mm-hmm. to as well. And this, I think is Mouthfeel wise, much more similar to the the right bank. So I'm wondering if if we got that same vintage of Pina again, what we would think about it now as compared to them. Yeah, and I really wish we could have gotten we could get the like if you could get the Pina and it was controlled. Yeah. So like it didn't age any further in the bottle. Yeah. And try that exactly right exactly at that time. Yeah. I think the Pina has also probably had more um, more actual production. Okay. Like there's just it, it. There's probably more cases produced than this. You know, maybe like a thousand cases or something yeah. like that to get it in Virginia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Only three thousand three thousand bottles is that's a really low amount. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a mean? small producer, and that's one of the cool things about Last Bottle Wines is most of the stuff they have mm-hmm. is from small producers, and it's kind of 
it's just kind of fun. To, yeah. It's sort of like getting craft brew. Like it, you, and, and a lot of it is from Napa. But there is a lot of small producers in Napa and yeah. that do very high quality stuff. But you just aren't going to find it at total at total wine. You're gonna you're gonna need to either get it direct or go to a, a wine shop, like mm. a small wine shop, and they'll they'll maybe have more of that kind of thing. Or you know, you could go to tastinganarchy.com and sign up for Last Bottle Wines and yeah. get get it from Last Bottle Wines. And exactly. Get, get ten dollars off and then have like a different experience because they like yeah. it's a very curated experience. Mm-hmm. But for kind of that woot model where it's like yeah you can only get it at this time frame for this long and all that yeah. so so jacob what was your favorite of Childerberg? Childerberg? you know i the the older i get the more i realize how much i appreciate just hanging out with new people mm-hmm. and i'm i'm a very much an introverted person yeah but you and i met because i sought out the libertarian group mm-hmm. and and you also sought out the libertarian group and then you and I end up taking over that libertarian group and making it a social club rather than a political act- yeah. action club. And then for whatever reasons, like that kind of pittered out. And then when I moved here immediately, I was like, well, I got to meet up with other libertarians and get some sort of social thing going on here as yeah. well. So my favorite thing was getting to see a lot of these people that I've been interacting with as Tasting Anarchy on Twitter or now as Childerberg on Twitter mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, Shaking the hands, talking ideas, because like, even in libertarianism, the diversity of opinion and ideas are is so vast. Yeah, and and the people that we are kind of associated with are very close to a lot of our opinions. Yes, yeah. and even then, there's like that yeah. like difference. Yeah, there's a there's a huge different people who are just kind of interested in ideas. I think probably my favorite part of the weekend was after you and I went into the lake yesterday mm-hmm. and were swimming, and then I looked up on the shore and Victoria was sitting listening to people talk. Yeah. So I was like, yes. Finally. And it looked like a little bit of participation too. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. she, and she enjoyed it. She like liked listening to it. She, I think it was kind of, I don't know. I can't speak for her, but I think it was a lot of like. Just Dino? Well, I think it was a lot of it was Dino. <laughs> Dino. He, I mean, he's a, definitely a, a guy who, who will talk and yeah, he's got and, tons and, of interesting stuff to say. And like a good knowledge piece. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's not just like, oh, and then Britney Spears did this. Like yeah. it's, you know, very poignant, like. To the point, not to mm-hmm. the point, because I mean, like everybody's very verbose yeah. in these circles, especially when they get the, not the hobby horse, because that's like kind of seems like you're like a, a downplay on what it was and yeah. kind of like a negative. It's like when, the, you know, you get the opportunity to, I almost said pontificate, which sounds bad to me too. Like, I don't know if that necessarily has a negative connotation, but like you get the opportunity to marinate in, marinate in to it. To let it out. Like, just kind of like, yeah, let's like, sit and, hey, no one's, no one's looking for a 15 second cl- yeah. sound clip. Right. Like I have an opportunity to talk. Yeah. Cause it was, and, it was, it was just basically like, if you guys like long form podcasts, it was yeah. like a really long in person, long form podcast where, but dynamic. So like yeah. I'm talking to Dino about different things and then like somebody else starts a conversation. Up Will and, he and gets Jared. Over yeah. And, yeah. Will and Jared. And then like cars talking about, you know, snowboarding or yeah. like our Jared and I are out there being like cornhole champs. Cause yeah, like we yeah. <laughs> only played like three or four games, but like absolutely yeah, exactly. like yeah. just did not lose. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that it's, it's one of the, you know, and then we had like just kind of like silly things too. Like we had uh, to raise money for free Rasta or uh-huh. uh, Rolo had or Rollo had, uh, I know that he's corrected me several times on that. Uh, but everybody was calling him Rollo there, and it didn't seem to matter. <laughs> I, I think he just got tired of going like, "Well, I say Rollo," and yeah. everybody's like, "Okay, Rollo." <laughs> well, and, put an A in it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he had he had he baked that fruitcake, so mm-hmm. we all guessed. And who won? Oh, uh, somebody's <laughs> favorite lovable host. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I did win the fruitcake guess uh, at a good two point 
six pounds and then donated all of the winnings to Free Ross and then uh, donated the cake to the rest of the party. Yeah, so we tried that and Rallo makes a, a really good cake. Yeah. You know what? And my wife brought this up that I need to have a checklist. We forgot to share. So for those of you who listen to this show and listen to Friends Against Government and mm-hmm. Rallo and Slappy and a myriad of other things, there has been a Twitter debate going on. Actually, you may not even be privy to this unless you oh. picked it up at Childerberg. Probably not. Butter versus lard. Ah, yes. This is the argument. So Carr oh, I did and, hear that. Okay, so yeah. Carr and Rollo are firmly on the side of lard. Mm-hmm. And Bird, or I'm sorry, Carr and Rollo. Did I, I don't remember who I said. So Carr and Rollo, lard, Bird and Slappy, butter. Mm-hmm. And I came in and trumped them all. And I was like, you guys got to have sallow. <laughs> which is what Victoria uses to cook. It's, it's just rendered pork yeah. back fat. It's basically lard. Yeah. And uh, but pork like lard. with spices mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, I brought some to share. And then yeah, I saw Sallow on the, <laughs> the board. I was wondering why Sallow was there. Yeah, and I forgot. I forgot yeah, to bring it out. Forgot to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh well. Uh, yeah. We'll have to do it another time. So the question would be. Yeah. So are we talking as like the cooking base? Like, you know, for like a skillet or something yeah. like that, using lard v. butter, or are we talking like in all applications? Well, we actually eat salad plain. No, no, no. Or, no I'm saying like for this, the bait. Like, yeah, so d- yeah, I guess it depends. Bait. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think butter has its uses, and I think lard has its uses. When it, actually, shout out to Culinary Libertarian. He goes into correct uses for lard a lot and correct uses for butter. Yeah. Because they are... They, are used for different things. They're not fully interchangeable, yeah. but like uh, Evan was like he was taught like he had both. Yeah, like one for one application, one for the other. Right, so like, right. You know, that's the like we usually usually use butter at the house, um, just because it's mm-hmm. easier to. It's not that it's easier to get a hold of. We have butter for the yeah. other things you use butter for. Well, but like we thing... made tortillas the other day, oh, okay, and we used like full on lard. Like, yeah. we made like actual tortillas with a tortilla press and everything like yeah. that. So one thing that, and maybe you and I will disagree on this, I don't know. I don't think bacon grease is lard. Lard is rendered. That, to me anyways. Like it's it's clarified and, or not clarified, but filtered and rendered. I Yeah, and shelf stable. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily. And bacon grease isn't, I mean, you can keep it on the counter for a while, yeah. but it, it'll go bad. It goes rancid. Yeah, we, I mean, we use a lot of bacon grease too. Yeah. So. But I just wouldn't call bacon grease lard. I'd, I'd call it basic bacon grease. Well, I, I, and also like. I, I always thought lard was specifically cow fat. Oh, like if you asked me, like what's lard made out of? I would have said fat, and like oh, what so I, would, fat, I, would have, I would have said, I would cow have fat. always called that tallow is uh, beef fat. Yeah, but I don't know if it's the same thing. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> you know the problem with English is it adopts so many words, and then depending yeah. on what culture you're coming from, like yeah, you know, it's like oh, it's really this. So like okay. we should have been like no, 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 ghee. Yeah, well, we use ghee a lot, a yeah. lot. We use a lot of ghee, which is clarified butter. Yeah, and, with the uh, milk proteins removed. Yeah, yep. It's uh, I I like ghee a lot. It's got that butter flavor, but it's also really mm-hmm. and um, Not that butter is hard to cook with. <laughs> well, the problem with butter is that it burns easily, and the flavor, and then you don't get a buttery flavor. You still get a lot of the like. Oh, uh, okay. I yeah. see. I see what you mean. Where, yeah, and, and, no, and, so, can... and ghee does too. Um, I mean, everything yeah. burns to a certain right. point, like unless it's yeah. asbestos. Yeah, actually, yeah. asbestos. There's certain things that will burn asbestos. Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there was, so I've got like, I'll use a lot of the fats interchangeably. but we also use a lot of uh, olive oil for stuff, but olive oil has its own application. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I won't use it for everything. And, yeah. uh, but I would, I would always say, um, rendered beef fat is tallow, rendered pork fat is lard to me. Then bacon grease is bacon grease. What, like, what's rendered chicken fat? I don't know. Really hard to do. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's not a lot of it. Uh, 
and then and then sallow, which is what Victoria has, is rendered pork back, back fat. Mm. Um, and uh, it's very good. We use it a lot and add it to soup to give a lot of flavor to mm-hmm. it. But you can also, we just eat it cold on bread, like salami or whatever. You just put, I'll put mayonnaise on it. But so mayonnaise and, and back fat, and it just is good. <laughs> or we'll just eat it plain out of the out of the package. And uh, it's... Uh, we should start the next version of this be- debate. Butter versus uh, mayonnaise. Probably. I, mean, I That's right. Because so to, for the listeners, when we were traveling down to Childeberg, Victoria Vanna. goes, hey, do you want a sandwich? I was like, yeah. And so she makes me a sandwich. And I take a bite. And I'm like, did you put butter on this? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's mayonnaise and butter. Oh, or yeah. butter and salami. Or what? I think it was actually Moskovskaya is what she had. and uh, Or it might have been. I don't remember what it was. One of the Skyas. And, uh, Which is like Russian for salami. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, but like it, it wasn't terrible. It's just butter instead of mayonnaise. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I this is this must be a California thing. Okay. Because like you and my wife are obsessed with putting mayonnaise on a sandwich for some sort of like, make it moister. More yeah. Moist, like huh? I to me that doesn't make sense. Huh. But I used to eat bread and meat sandwiches. You know me. Like I, I didn't put like I didn't put any condiments on it. Now like when I make a sandwich for like work, like I'll make. Like, I'll take, like, two, I'll take, like, a French baguette, slice it in half, and I'll put, like, creamy horseradish on one side, which is kind of, I think it's a mayonnaise base, because it's creamy horseradish. Yeah. I mean, it's got cream in it, so I don't know if there's a dairy, but it's shelf-stable, so I don't think it's dairy. Okay. And then I'll put spicy brown mustard on the other side, layer of cheese, layer of cheese, meat in the center, and then when I get to work, I pull the sandwich apart, and I toast it as an open face and put it back together. It actually sounds pretty good. I'd probably eat that. Yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, so yeah. like my but my wife will put mayonnaise on her sandwich because like she's like talks about the moisture or whatever, and I, I my wife chews her food very 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 thoroughly, and I don't really, and that might be like if I had more like moist yeah. sandwiches, maybe I'd chew better. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like be. maybe I'm just trying to swallow it to get rid. Of it. <laughs> like, ah, my mouth is too dry. I'm dying. Yeah. But you also don't drink very frequently during the meal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a, I'm very much a stage eater. So it's yeah. if I have if I have three items that I'm eating, it's item one first, item two, second, item three, then drink. Yeah. And I, I don't usually drink in between. Yeah, my friend's Vietnamese like the Vietnamese guy I grew up with, like his parents like we'd go out to like bu- a buffet or something like that, and I'd be like the only one just like down in glass after glass of water. Everyone else would like have a sip or two, depending, and then like you know, just eat this and like not an ungodly amount, but like eat their money's worth of food and then drink, yeah, like a have a drink of water or like get tea or something, right? Then, right. yeah, no, so. that's true. So, going back to Childeberg, yeah, we said my favorite part was basically watching it come to fruition. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've been working on this for about four months, yeah, and well, maybe about five months, and it's been an idea in my head since Carr tweeted that for the first time in i think 2017 yeah or maybe the end of 2016 even uh and just seeing it come to fruition that was my favorite part seeing everybody get together in real life talk have a good time enjoy the weather enjoy the beach yeah. enjoy the wine van that brings us to what your favorite part was well, my favorite part was the wine van okay because like not being local and not like necessarily like since i don't participate on twitter and i am not on facebook and all that stuff um it's and you know it's not that you're a control freak but it's very hard to take constructive input for somebody for an event where they don't have some sort of like direct responsibility right like you put up a lot of the funds for the event and everything like that so like when you're like i want this 
Right. It's your money. Yeah, yeah. So it's happening that way because you're putting up money. Whereas, like, you know, we expected someone to be there that we're not going to name at this point because it's, you know, we we were under the impression he thought he was going to be able to attend, wasn't able to, whether that, you know, whether it was known more further in advance or day of, whichever. I think it was day of. Yeah. Or, or so, maybe the day before. So that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like if we had been banking on him to give a speech or like kind of be a focal point, then that's kind of ruined. So it's hard for me to be like, Hey, I'm 2000 or whatever distance Virginia where I live in Norfolk is to Dallas. And then down to the campsite, which is another three hours away. Like I want to be in charge of this, you know? So like, it was very easy to say like, Hey, I'll drive the wine van. And if I didn't make it, you're not, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Somebody could have driven it. And there were plenty of people there that, like, we probably could have gotten somebody who was yeah. sober and willing to stay sober. Oh, I, I would have, I would have done it. But like, you know what I mean, like yeah. that that sort of thing. So, like, to be able to, like, in my own way, contribute what was a very big thing for us, yeah. being a wine podcast, right? And being people who like the not obscure, but like the peripheral. Yeah. Like, we really want to do tours of Napa. Yeah. And we really want to do tours of like. Yeah, the big, yeah, the big, the big wine growing areas. But to be able to take people who are kind of big, like into Texas, you know, like a lot of the people who were there are Texans, yeah, and are proud of being Texans. It's not like they're going like, I'm proud of Texas and I like the Texas government. No, they're just proud of being a Texan, which is, you know, you're pretty proud of it at this point. Like, I like it here a lot. Really like it. So to be able to like help facilitate people getting to experience Texas, yeah. And then a unique thing to Texas, like right. Texas wine is unique in its own way, and especially in the up and coming, and to be able to help do that and like at the price of not drinking at that point after only having like four hours of sleep, it's like <laughs> yeah. not that bad. Right. And, you know, I got to sit up front, so like I got like all the air conditioning vents mm-hmm. I wanted on me because like Victoria was up front with me as well, so like... You know, she's yeah. not wanting a lot of those air vents. So I'm yeah. like, ha all the right. vents on me. <laughs> like, so, and you know, it like was really interesting. And like, this is the other favorite part. So it's kind of a co-favorite part. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah. And it would have been unpleasant if it had been that hot from the jump. Yeah. But it did not start. It, like, it really didn't get hot until like 2, yeah. 2.30. And like, even at the uh, Processo. The yeah. first winery. Right. Like, we were sitting in the shade. There was a beautiful breeze. Like, yeah. it was a wonderful, like, I mean, they're, to me, personally, they had the the site. Because it's, like, oh, an yeah, estate. Nice. Like, yeah. it's big. Like, you yeah, know, the, like. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't have the view Tornal Locks had, but it felt like a vineyard. Yeah. Like it, it felt like being on and the, the people seemed And the people seemed to me to just be happy we were there. Yeah. And then, like, at, by the time we left, it wouldn't. Like, us leaving did not make a dent in the people that were there. Yeah. And we had 15 people. Yeah. Like, it was so pleasantly surprised with how many people were there. And I haven't had to get, gotten to really have any of it, but I've got two bottles, one yeah. from each, that I'll be able to enjoy when I get back. But it seemed like it wasn't like, hey, we're supporting Texas wine and it's kind of okay. No, like, this was actually good wine. There were yeah. some wines that people didn't care for, but it was like, I'm not a big fan of this style anyway. Yeah. And that's what I thought was interesting about Tornal Locks is they had a bunch of different styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And varietals. Whereas uh, Processo didn't nec- it's not that they didn't necessarily, because they did have, like, you could see the vineyard, the grapes, mm-hmm. and they had them labeled. I mean, it was very impressive in that regard. But 
it was still like, hey, you know, we don't have a lot of bottles. Like, just the each line is different. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing with uh, Tornalox. Like, you know, here's our whites. And it wasn't like, oh, Chardonnay, Grigio, Riesling. Yeah. It was like Albarino, Vignet, and like some blend. Yeah, you know, uh, like. Amantino was one. Yeah. I think it's one I got for you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had, they, had, they had several. Yeah, they had like uh, quite a few different like yeah. types. And a lot of was, Italian varietals. Yeah, very like, which is kind for, of what we yeah. think would be good for, is good for Texas. Yeah, well, that's the, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, like the, the I guess he's like the godfather of wine in Texas. Uh, Doc McPherson is, uh, his opinion, I believe, was that Texas should be growing mostly Italian varietals, particularly think, South Italian. Like Southern Italian and Spanish varietals. Yeah. Like, and they do well with Spanish. And, yeah. And they, and, I'm actually getting more into Italian than I used to be, mm-hmm. um, and I I appreciate them more. They it's for some reason to me Italian wines are a little less accessible because they're complicated mm-hmm. more so than I think Spanish. Like Spanish, there's a lot of single varietals, or there's yeah. like or like I drink Rioja, which mm-hmm. I know what that is. Yeah. Whereas like with with the Italian ones, there's like there's the, the there's the standard Italians, yeah. and then you get super tuscans like you get yeah, you get like, all these weird suddenly ones, like it's yeah. a bunch of different additional yeah. stuff and i'm sure spain's that way too and it's oh, just not I, i'm sure it is but like for the like accessibility of the yeah. market and right, then right. like but it's also like french wines like mm-hmm. you know we're sitting here talking about left and right bank of bordeaux left and right blank blends yeah and then you know just all the different things that can happen in like french wines yeah and that's part of what we said about this originally when we started like almost two years ago kind of like hey like wine is complicated and it doesn't have to be. And that's kind of one of the things I liked about like Processo is it seemed, and you know, I wasn't drinking and I wasn't yeah. as around as much when the tasting was happening, but they genuinely seemed happy. Yeah. People were there to try what they were doing and they mm-hmm. were happy to be, talk about it. And most, and this was the difference between, I think it's Parisos. Pari- uh, yeah. I'm not sure how to say it because there is a, we should have asked, <laughs> but there is another one, um, that's similar to Processos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That you and I have had, actually. It's one of the Tempranillos I sent you. Yeah. Um, it's not Processos, though. I, I have to, I'd have to look it up. But um, it might be, actually. I, I, but one of the things that was different between them and Tornalox was Tornalox, most of theirs are Texas High Plains grapes. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the wines at Parisos were grown were, on a state. Yeah, were at least 85% grown on, on a state, yeah. which and, was pretty cool. And, you and then like, filled with High Plains. The rest yeah. of it was filled with High Plains, which was cool that every single wine they offered was 100% Texas vine. Yeah. Uh, and I think Tornalox is also, but yeah. Tornalox didn't do most of them on a state. The only one that I had at Tornalox that was on a state was their one that was only available to wine club members. Mm-hmm. So and they probably limit that because it, 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 I don't know if you walked over and saw their vineyard. Uh, their vineyard's not very big, not, yeah. not nearly as big as the other one. But no, they're also, okay. they started planting, I think, in 2014. So mm-hmm. here we are in 2019. They're probably, their their vines are just now becoming mature. Like mature, mature, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, like, Virginia has a lot of this, and I don't go and see it. And that's disappointing in its own way for me especially after having done it here mm. and enjoying it so much. And, and you know, like me, I like to, I also like to drive weird things. Mm-hmm. So driving the van was fun. A lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. And then the other favorite part, which is completely unrelated, is when we had to stop for 30 minutes for the most insane storm. Oh my gosh, yeah. And poor, poor, uh, poor peaceful treason. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if Rollo had left yet by then point, but like they got caught and like you can see it on their Twitter. Like, yeah. 
they got caught kind of in the open on this. Right. And I think it basically had to ha- hang out at the shower slash toilets. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I would have almost rather have been in my car, but they had the dog. <laughs> so, like, kind of having the, yeah. the space for Rose to kind of stretch her legs. Yeah, yeah. Because the dog, you know, definitely... Well, yeah, and it's, I'm sure that the, because it was a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning, but it was, it was interesting because it was, I mean, how long were we parked there? Like 30, 30 minutes? minutes? Yeah. And it just kind of passed yeah. through. And, but it was intense. And yeah, and that was the thing is we were on the other side of a target, like semi. Yeah. Like blocking a lot of the wind. I think we might've had actual problem if we'd yeah. been full bore right. in the wind with the trailer attached. Yeah. And then, and also we noticed around that time that we had not, either it come loose while we were we driving. We did not secure yeah. the lights correctly right so either they, way so there was no brake lights on our trailer or blinkers on our trailer so even though I, i'm very very cautious when driving mm-hmm. something with a trailer um actually i'm very cautious in in that van yeah because it's a 15 seater it's very long but with also with the um trailer on it it makes it even longer and i'm very cautious to put my blinker on for longer double tap the brakes so people yeah. can see it flash that i'm stopping and we drove for an hour and a half with no lights, or yeah, possibly or, with no lights. Yeah, don't we don't know how long we were out yeah. without lights. And like, we drove past plenty of cops who didn't like yeah. pull us over and been like, "Hey, yeah, what dude, the yeah, fuck? Yeah, why, why don't you have your lights on?" Yeah, yeah. and that's the other thing that like kind of weirded me out yeah. is like on the way down we didn't see a lot of cops, but on the way up we took like a different route because of the way Google routed us. Yeah, but there were so many like hardcore SUV mm-hmm. cop vehicles. Like I didn't yeah. see any cruisers. Until, like, we were in Dallas last night, mm-hmm. like, trying to go out to eat, which was another adventure of, like, everything being closed. Actually, let's let's go, let's go get into that yeah. after this real quick, because this is very, very typical of you. Yeah. <laughs> typical of my luck, yes. So, Mason, let's let's get into that real quick, because we, we got about 10 minutes left that, yeah. before we got to go return the uh, trailer. Um, when we well, went to Beer Garden, yeah. when we went to Beer Garden, what happens when you order a beer? So... For those of you who don't know the beer garden in Portsmouth, Virginia, um, it's a family-run German restaurant. It's not in the fest house style, so they have a fest house version in Virginia Beach now, which means like family seating, uh, which just means big row tables, so you kind of sit next to whomever. So they have 300-plus beers, uh, mostly in bottles, but they do have a lot on tap, too. And the problem is when you have 300-plus, like the waitresses may know the bottles, they may know the names, but they don't know what they have available. So we get in. And I am a connoisseur of beer in trying it. Not necessarily like with wines, like I can kind of give an idea like, oh, this is a Tempranillo. This is kind of what you should should expect. Doesn't mean it's what you're going to get, but give you an idea of what you should expect. You know, I can do that Mm -hmm. for a lot of the mainline varieties. But with beer, I'm like, all right, it's a stout. Yeah. Like this one's got malt flavors. This one doesn't. I don't know why that's the case. So I like to order like a bunch of different weird stuff, but almost without fail and this is pretty much anywhere i would go it's even happened at the mexican restaurant when they only have three beers on tap the first beer i order they don't have yeah and it's not like hey yeah we're out when i'm ordering it it's hey here's all the beers for everybody else and we don't have yours yeah and on occasions the second beer i order they don't have So, and it's not, and it, it's, I mean, this happened at a Mexican restaurant, this, and this would happen multiple times at Beer Garden when mm-hmm. you go there. It, when we went to Kogan's, the pizza place with a lot of yeah. beers on draft too, every time, whatever the one you want, yeah. they come back after everybody else has been served. Sorry, we don't have that one or we, or the cake just kicked or. Yeah. And it, know. that's the thing is, and it's not like they like put in and came back right away and said, Hey, 
you know, I know it's been five minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've put in. It's like multiple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we arrived back in Dallas, dropped the trailer off. And it was beautiful in Dallas. Yeah, beautiful. Great weather. Really nice weather today, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to where you wanted to go and where I kind of wanted to show you just because it's kind of a cool Dallas thing is... Um, Fuel City Taco. Exactly. Fuel City Taco. And when we got there... We noticed that the streetlights were out. Yeah, that's right. We noticed the streetlights were out. We get there. Our traffic lights, because they weren't like, yeah, the they overheads. Lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get there, and on the sign, closed. On the taco side, it says closed. And it's just like a hand, it's a yeah. sticky note. Yeah, and then you go over to the gas station part, and the gas station part also, sticky note, yeah. closed. And But the corn place, which yeah. is like... <laughs> yeah, the cup corn. <laughs> yeah, cup yeah. corn, which is like somebody out there with like a, looks like a propane burner, yeah. open. Yeah, open. Yep. So there's people lined up to get corn cup or corn yeah. cup and corn or whatever, whatever it is. And uh, so we're like, oh well, dang it, we're out. Uh, where do you want to eat? And so you're like, well, well, you know, Victoria likes sushi, so let's and go, I let's go very to much like sushi. Yeah. And I was also kind of hoping to go to either like a sushi buffet, yeah, or like a Chinese buffet that also had good sushi. Because yeah, like yeah. I was just like, hey. There's not a huge number of buffets here, which yeah. is interesting. Well, you know, and Ashley or my wife doesn't like buffets because oh, really? she doesn't. She doesn't eat fast enough, okay. and she doesn't eat enough to justify the price okay. most of the time. We, we like buffets or all-you-can-eat places because we can. We, what we do is we bring the tablet and watch a movie and yeah. just sit there for like three hours and <laughs> just like pick at the buffet. Yeah. But there's a good sushi place called Oishi, and yeah. so I was like, let's go to Oishi. It's good sushi. They've got interesting sushi, and it's got stuff that I like because I don't en- like sushi. And the entire time we were driving there, you were suggesting all these other places. That's right. Yeah, I was, I was channeling your mother. So yes. <laughs> I, I, I going like, well, there's also this place. There's also this place. And you're like, no, let's just let's just go to Oishi. Yeah, because I was like, it was starting to get late yeah, at this point because yeah. we got back. We were supposed to get back, back about six. Yeah. And then it took us a little while to get out of the apartment, and it took us 30 extra minutes to get home. Right. And then, so, like, we're finally out the door. It's seven-ish. Yeah. And, you know, Fuel City is 15 minutes away from yeah. Oishi. And it wasn't an easy drive over there. No, no. So. Because there's, like, for those who have never been to Dallas, I've never been to Dallas until now, all of the road is under construction. Yes. Everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. And it, and it always is. I mean, we've been here a year. All of the road's still under construction, basically the same places. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so everything's under construction. So, it took us a while to get there. And we get to Oishi. Find a pretty good parking space, yeah. but the parking lot's pretty full. Yeah, the parking lot is very full feeling. Yeah. And it's Sal's Restaurante, a restaurant that's next door. Yeah. The signs are on. Everything yep. looks like it's in business there. Yep. And then we see a couple plus someone else, so third wheel like me yeah. in this situation, walking up to Oishi, and they there's a sign on the door, and we can't tell if it's like what it says, but then yeah. they walk away kind of flustered looking. Right. So we so, go up. We read the sign. The sign says, due to power outage, Oishi is closed. Yes. So that's when we finally realized the storm also hit Dallas. Yeah. Took out Fuel City. Yeah. And Oishi. And Oishi, right. So then we said, okay, well, we'll go. If we still want sushi, we'll go to Uptown mm-hmm. and we'll go to Zushi Sushi, which is pretty sushi, good. Zushi. Sushi. Sushi Zushi. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty good. Um, I also suggested Zena, but then like, I was doing the same thing. I was going like, well, we could go here, we could go here, we could yeah. go here. I mean, there is no shortage of restaurant options. Yeah, no shortage of restaurant options. But like, my thing was, I wanted, like, you've been talking about Fuel City since you got yeah. here, and I want to get Texas barbecue. Yeah. But like, because it's the South South, mm-hmm. crap is randomly closed. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it, it, I understand like 8 o'clock on a Sunday. Right. That's a late time to be getting food. Yeah. That isn't like... Whataburger, In and Out, right? You know, but or, it's a city. That's that's like what was Dickies, weird about it, You know, like yeah. something like that. Yeah, but it, you know, in a city, like I kind of, I'm always 
it's funny that I'm always surprised when things are closed because I'm like, well, it's a city. Why is it closed? And But it, it's the city, but it is very much the South. You're right. Mm-hmm. So it does have like just random, just this, it's closed this day. And, and and a lot of stuff in Dallas doesn't open till like five a lot of yeah. times. So like on like, like Victoria and I wanted to go out to an early dinner at like four uh, a couple weeks ago and she won sushi, of course. And we were, we happened to be downtown and she had taken an Uber because I didn't want to, mm. I didn't want to drive and find a place to park. And Everything didn't open till five, and it was four. So we, we ended up just kind of like hanging out until. Yeah. Actually, I actually think we ended up walking up to Mezamaya or something like that, and not getting sushi after all. But uh, so that was closed. So we went to Zusi Shusi. This time we called ahead of time. Yeah. And Victoria called. Yeah. They said, "Yep, we're open." We started heading down, and as we're driving through like Oakland and stuff like that to get to Uptown, every just, other every other traffic light is out. <laughs> every other and then and there's there, trees in the road. Yeah, and that's the, this is the weird thing, like. Because, like, in Norfolk, like, when a traffic light goes out, there's usually a cop yeah. drafting traffic. Yeah. And here, everybody was, you know, it became a... St- like, what was very nice about here is all the ones that still had some version of power, the red lights, it just turned to flashing red. So, right. it was clear stop all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. So, I mean, that was cool. But then we got to Zushi, and yeah. it was fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you weren't, you weren't super stoked about it because they had only complicated roles. Yeah, they had complicated roles. They didn't have just like you know, yellow tail. Like they had yeah. uh, nigari and sashimi, but like I like you know just like a shrimp tempura roll with not without a lot of extra fluff. But like our waiter was pleasant, yeah, but not super attentive, right? Like my water got refilled with warmer and warmer water every time, and it, you know it's just it wasn't as pleasant a dining experience as it should have been. Given that we got there at eight, we ended up leaving at like ten by ten, like when yeah. it was when they were closing, right? Or they're supposed to close, so it was like it took two hours almost. Yeah, and like I was still a little hungry at the end. Okay, and but I knew there was no opportunity to get like a quick roll, and that's kind of what frustrates me about places like that is they didn't have like really fast roll production. Yeah, and it's like it's a sushi restaurant. Like I get it. Like you you got noodles; those can kind of take a while to get, but like it's basically stir fried noodles. It doesn't take that long. Right. And, but, you know, with the complicated rolls and there's a lot of other parts, it was, everything was very tasty. Right. Good food. The the rolls were very well made, very tight, like mm-hmm. all of that. But it was still kind of like, okay, I really wanted, I, I really like eel. So like yeah. there was no eel okay. or there was eel, but it wasn't like a big thing. But I'm also from a place that is on the water. So yeah. like we don't have as many classy, classy sushi restaurants like this because it is a classy restaurant. Yeah. Um, prices weren't so absorbent that it's like, this is, you know, beyond right. normal sushi price, but it was like, they just didn't have the basic rolls that I was looking right, for. And right. that might be just, you know, volume availability. This is fish. sort of the, this brings one, we'll close on this just cause it's just something that's funny about my personality versus your personality. And apparently everybody's personality is other people notice bad service and I am completely oblivious to it. I think, uh, cause we had one of the wineries we went to. Um, apparently other people thought it didn't have the best service. I well, was totally fine with it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, I was, I mean, I was having a good time just talking to people, running yeah. around, seeing how things are going. And- well, like one of the problems with it was, it was like, they, you couldn't give your whole, it's not like they had a tasting of six and that was yeah. the tasting. It was, you could taste the, almost the entire menu. Oh, so yeah. then like she had to individually pull bottles and then right. like she was an older lady and it wasn't like, she's like, Hey, I'm the owner and we're really busy today. So I apologize. It's going to be a little slow. Yeah. It was like when they came in, they're like, well, there's like a bunch of them. Only eight of them were tasting. 
But then, like, a bunch of us tasted. Like, yeah. I was kind of the only one who didn't. Now, when they found out I was the designated driver and we had a designated driver, their service actually picked up almost oh, immediately yeah. when they realized, like, no, 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 these people showed up, yeah. brought a designated driver, like, no, they're they're actually going to spend money. Um, yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should kind of make that known a little bit better on uh, next time we do a wine tour thing like this is just let people know that we've got a DD. We're trying to hit multiple wineries. Let's try to get in and out. Yeah, well, I, I think we, I think two is kind of the max you can do. Yeah, because especially if they're only open to two to five. Yeah, um, 12, twelve to five. So, well, yeah, yeah, twelve to five, like two and a half hours at each one. That's a pretty long amount of time yeah. there, but it also gives the people the opportunity to like patronize it as a business. Maybe right. get to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's working there as opposed to in and out, in and out. Like, right, that's, you know, that's one of the things that we're talking about for uh, dose. Dasvidan or Dasvidan, yeah, yeah. Devon, <laughs> can't get it out right now. Um, but you know, having things that occur, yeah, at a scheduled time, but with no obligation to anybody, right? Like, hey, let's do, you know, somebody does morning yoga, somebody's doing like um, uh, evening like hike a, or something, or yeah. evening hike or an evening friend meeting, yeah. So it's like, hey, they're over there having a friend meeting every evening, you know, kind of as right. a like, well, what's that? Well, it's where people sit and contemplate whatever they need to contemplate for an hour yeah. in silence. Right. And if you feel the need to speak. Yeah, you can. You can, but don't expect everybody to, like, it's not a conversation. It's right, right. Like, so that, you know, those sort of things where it's very individualistic, but also the group is doing it. You yeah. know, and if somebody, like, if we're doing yoga or something like that, you know, somebody who's always wanted to try it, but never had the money to do it, yeah. or isn't comfortable normally it's like hey you know we're you're amongst new friends like you fart you fart like it's yeah it's yoga like we're here to better ourselves mm -hmm. and have a pleasant morning right and if you can join us that's great yeah yeah well i think it's a good place to end so yeah. everybody look forward to us sharing lots of information about childerberg dose i think i'm going to try to do like a monthly news podcast about mm -hmm. it and uh, i'm sure mason will be a frequent attendee and yes. others as well so look forward to Childerberg Dose. Follow Childerberg at Childerberg on Twitter. Uh, we do have a group on Facebook that I'm not super active on, but I'm going to try to get that picked up. Mm -hmm. You can also go ahead and sign up for the newsletter, which I'm going to try to make monthly. Um, it is at Childerberg.com. Mm -hmm. uh, want to do the plugs for Tasting Anarchy? Yeah, so you can follow us on Tasting Anarchy at uh, Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. You can also go to TastingAnarchy.com and leave comments on the shows if you like. You know, if you could rate, review us on iTunes, we also are on YouTube if you mm -hmm. prefer listening to yeah. it on YouTube. There's not a video component, but if you like YouTube, um, certainly like to see the numbers go up over there. Yeah. Um, or if, you, you know, YouTube is just kind of your platform. Hey, we're also there. Um, Twitter, at uh, at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Um, you know, also Friends Against Government, Mr. Sue, Peaceful Treason, Dinophiles, um, Dinophiles, um, Medicaid, Racist State, Erase the uh, State. Um, I know I'm missing people. Uh, I know we're missing people. Um, gentlemen from Chicago ish, Chicago, Chicago land. Um, um, crowdfunding government, crowdfunding government. Yeah. Follow, um, you can follow him on Twitter. Yeah. I don't think he has a show. I thought he did for some reason, but I, okay. I think he just does a guest yeah. stuff. Uh, also, Shane and or is it Sean? Shane. Shane and and Miko, I believe so. Uh, from what's happening now? Yeah. Uh, and all of the other Childerberg people, just go go look for the hashtag Childerberg one or yeah. at Childerberg and just see what who's been posting, and you'll find some awesome podcasts. Rollo and Slappy. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, of course. Rollo and Slappy. 
one more time, the wine that we were enjoying was a near $200 bottle called Rubiso Reserve. It's a 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, very good. Yeah, it definitely improved throughout drinking. Yeah, it did. It did improve throughout drinking. Um, I think the decanter is very nice. Yeah. It's just a little kind hard of, to pour from. It, it is weird to pour. The whole point of a decanter is um, before they would clarify wine before putting in a bottle it's the the thick side is to be able to catch the residue yeah so it is it is awkward to pour it um, but, it's but it also purposes. it fulfills yeah. its purpose it purpose so i think that's a good place we've got to go return the trailer so yeah from uh me at tasting anarchy jake stay free stay free drink it man Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Port and sherry. Wine, wine, wine. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilfrey at Willis Den. He wasn't selling for American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine for the other day. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for the other day. Wine for the other day. Wine for the other day.